Greetings, and welcome to the Get Hiking Southeast podcast. I'm Joe Miller, and I'll be leading this adventure. Why me? Why am I at the front of the pack? Well, for the last decade or so, I've been leading hikes and backpack trips in the Southeast, and for nearly three decades, I've been writing about adventure in the region as a newspaper columnist, guidebook author, and as a blogger. Our focus in the Get Hiking Southeast podcast, telling the stories of the hikers and the trails, especially those lesser-known trails in the southeastern United States. And now the news. This press release headline from the Chattahoochee Oconee National Forest in Georgia caught our eye. Anna Ruby Falls closed for maintenance. Now, this caused a bit of head-scratching initially for how does one manage to close a waterfall? And what kind of repairs needed to be done? Read on, though, and you find that it's actually the Anna Ruby Falls recreation area that's closed for repairs, and not the waterfall itself. And it's basically to repair it and replace a split rail fence along a popular interpretive trail leading to the falls, so it's actually a safety thing. Thus, the Anna Ruby Falls recreation area will be closed Tuesdays and Wednesdays through the end of August. If you haven't been, Anna Ruby Falls is where Curtis and York Creeks converge to form twin falls of 150 and 50 feet. If you've been thinking of hiking the Benton Mackay Trail in the vicinity of Thunder Rock in Tennessee's Cherokee National Forest, you'll be glad to hear that the trail, closed since November of 2019, has reopened. This after a hazardous bridge was removed and replaced near the Thunder Rock campground. The Benton Mackay Trail runs for more than 280 miles in Georgia, Tennessee, and North Carolina, and was the focus of the Get Hiking Southeast podcast, episode number 14. And finally, if you think you're too old for a long hike, then you apparently are not M.J. Eberhardt, a.k.a. Nimble Will Nomad. Blue Ridge Outdoors reports Nimble Will is closing in on completing his third hike of the entire Appalachian Trail at the age of 82. Doing so would make him the oldest person to have hiked the entire 2,200-mile trail. Only, the AT itself wasn't enough for Nimblewill, who poo-pooed the traditional northbound start at Springer Mountain, Georgia, and instead launched his hike from, quote, where the Appalachians begin, unquote. And that would be the southern terminus of the mountain chain at Flag Mountain, Alabama. He hiked 348 miles on the Pinoti Trail, then picked up the Benton Mackay Trail for 72 miles to Springer, adding an additional 420 miles for a total of 2,620 miles. Based on his latest post from August 5th, he had 83.9 miles remaining to get to Mount Katahdin and the northern end, the official northern end, of the Appalachian Trail. You can follow those last 83.9 miles at nimblewillnomad.com. And that's the news. We were unloading our backpacks at the Huntfish Falls Trailhead. The packs were coming out of car trunks, out of pickup trucks, out of hatchbacks. As the packs were being flung over backs, I noticed one had a sizable tube strapped loosely to the back. It was maybe three feet long, maybe as big around as a red oak. What on earth is that, I asked. It's my sleeping pad, Kimberly replied. She acknowledged it was the pad she uses for guests who stay over at her house, a twin-sized, eight-inch thick air mattress. As long as we're only hiking in a mile or so, she explained, I'm making sure I sleep well. 
And that, I thought, is someone who truly grasps the concept of base camp backpacking. Base camp backpacking. It's something I stumbled upon about a dozen years ago while riding Backpacking North Carolina, a guide to 43 backpack trips in the state. Initially, I started out focusing on longer trips done entirely in full pack. I soon realized two things. One, with 40 pounds on your back, you aren't able to hike as far. And by you, I mean me. And two, to grasp the key benefit of backpacking, that is, camping in a remote primitive area, you don't have to tote that 40 pounds the entire way. In the end, of the 43 trips included in the book, seven fell into the base camp category. That is, trips where you could hike in as little as a quarter mile, often no more than two, set up camp in a primitive location, then do day hikes from there. I still like a good overland hike and pack, mind you, but increasingly the wisdom of age has been gently nudging me toward more base camp backpack trips. Here are the two big advantages to base camp backpacking. One, it's the solitude of backcountry camping at a fraction the physical cost. You'd be surprised at how short a hike it can take to achieve solitude in a campsite. For example, one of our favorite base camp trips is to Dotton Park along the Blue Ridge Parkway in North Carolina. From the Long Bottom Road access, it's a flat mile and a half hike in full pack to base camp, a spacious backcountry site served by two creeks. From here, you have access to about 30 miles of trail for day hikes. It's an even shorter hike, not even a quarter mile, to the primitive site at the Rocky Knob Recreation Area in Virginia, also along the Blue Ridge Parkway, from which you can day hike from the popular and challenging 10.8 mile Rock Castle Gorge Loop. Short hikes in full pack, access to miles and miles of hiking in a day pack. And two, more miles, more scenery, less aching. Most of us hike a mile, mile and a half, maybe two miles per hour in a full pack in the mountains. After six or seven hours, we're done. In a day pack, bearing only the 10 essentials and weighing maybe five pounds, you'll cover closer to three miles in an hour. So that's close to twice the distance based on pace alone, let alone the fact that you'll likely be able to hike longer with a lesser load. Who wouldn't rather hike 15 miles as opposed to seven? Some other advantages to base camp backpacking. One home, not several. Show of hands, whose favorite part of backpacking is setting up camp and breaking camp? With base camp backpacking, you set up camp once, you break camp once. You get a chance to settle in to make camp feel more like home. It's cheaper. If your goal is to add up miles getting from point A to point B, then you're going to quickly become obsessed with weight. And as every backpacker knows, to trim weight, you have to spend more dollars, way more. With base camp backpacking, you can get away with a $100 five pound tent. If you're doing a section hike or a through hike, you're looking at cutting that weight at least in half, which means tripling or quadrupling the price. And that holds true for every piece of equipment you have. Luxuries. Ask a through hiker what luxury she's indulging and she'll sheepishly admit to bringing a stove. This is opposed to saving the two to three ounces her stove weighs and ugh, cold soaking. Ask me about my luxury and I'll reply without hesitation, it's my Helinox Chair Zero, a camp chair that weighs in at one entire pound, more likely than the distance hiker's tarp tent. Frankly, I balk at referring to it as a luxury. It's my dadgum right to sit comfortably around a camp and I will not be denied. The Campfire 
One of the saddest things about distance hiking, in my book, is that after hiking 15 to 20 miles in one day, these bedraggled distance hikers just want to eat their porridge that's been cold soaking in a talenti container since noon and fall asleep. I know the campfire has been under a lot of criticism of late, but if there's a better form of therapy out there, I'd love to hear about it. Sitting around a campfire in the evening with your people, talking about anything and everything that doesn't have to do with work or politics or civilization is my favorite part of the backpacking experience. I love the hiking. I love the nature. I'm even pretty good with the inclement weather, but it's those campfire conversations that keep me coming back. Don't fret the wet. I like hiking in a light to moderate rain. What I don't like is setting up and breaking down camp in the rain. If you're section hiking for 10 days, say, that's roughly 20 times you need to hope it's not raining. With a base camp trip, it's really only once that it needs to be dry when you're setting up your one and only day camp. Set up dry and, barring an issue with your tent, you will stay dry. In fact, embrace the wet. If it rains when you return from your day hike, you've got a dry place to hang out and read, nap, listen to music, or just lie back and listen to the rain on your rain fly quick bug out if need be. If something goes wrong on a base camp trip, you're just a short hike from your car. Backpacking has long been romanticized as the one true way to escape into the wild, but at a physical price. With base camp backpacking, that price drops considerably. Okay, now on to five of our favorite base camp backpack trips. Number one, Dotton Park. Blue Ridge Parkway near Laurel Springs, North Carolina. Long Bottom Road Access. Hike in and full pack, 1.5 miles. Big hike options, two. As we mentioned earlier, it's a flat 1.5 mile hike in on the Grassy Gap Fire Road from the Long Bottom Road Access, which is a natural surface uh, road that's closed to traffic. There, you set up base camp in the spacious primitive camping area along Basin Creek. From there, you have two main day hike options. The longer begins up the 4.4 mile Cedar Ridge Trail, which gains nearly 2,000 vertical feet, about 90% of the climbing on this hike. From there, hang a left and hike the Bluff Mountain Trail, which doubles as the Mountains to Sea Trail, for 6.4 miles through meadows and pasture before returning down Grassy Gap Fire Road to camp. Total distance, about 17 miles, but again, in a light day pack. Hike number two, from camp, take the 3.3-mile Basin Creek Trail to the old Caudell Cabin at the base of the Blue Ridge Escarpment. Number two, Rock Castle Gorge, aka Rocky Knob Recreation Area. Blue Ridge Parkway near Woolwine, Virginia, Virginia 805 access. Hike in in full pack, less than a quarter mile. Day hike option one. There's only one day hike option out of camp, but it is a doozy. Hike the 10.8-mile Rock Castle Gorge Trail counterclockwise, and you'll start through a gorgeous old-growth forest. The hiking is mellow at first, then the climbing and a little rock scrambling begin. At the three-mile mark, reach the Blue Ridge Parkway and go southwest through high meadows and pasture with some nice views. At Grassy Knoll, the trail descends back into the gorge, a rollicking rocky drop that goes on for about a mile and a half. You're exhausted when you hit bottom, and you're also rewarded with a downhill-trending 2.8-mile hike on a gravel roadbed paralleling Rock Castle Creek. So, why stay a second night if there's only a uh, one-hike option? You'll discover why when you finally drag into camp at the end of the day. Number three, Wilson Creek, Hunt Fish Falls, and Little Lost Cove. 
Wilson Creek Wild and Scenic Area, Pisgah National Forest near Mortimer, North Carolina. Hike in in full pack, 1.2 miles. Day hike options, too. Wilson Creek is at the base of Grandfather Mountain, and as such, serves as the drainage for the massive, massive southeast flank. Creeks, waterfalls, and cooling pools abound here. In fact, head up early enough, and after packing in the 1.2 miles to camp and getting set up, you can hike 0.4 miles back to Huntfish Falls for some stellar ogling and swimming. The long hike on this trip, about 8 miles, takes you up and through Lost Cove Creek for a mile before a 0.8 mile climb that gains 900 vertical feet. That's the big climb of the day, though. After topping out at Bee Mountain, it's a gentle descent along Timber Ridge down to Grag Prong, and the return to camp. On day two, don your water shorts and grab a towel for the mile and a half hike up Grag Prong in the series of waterfalls and pools where, on a hot summer day, you will find unparalleled mountain bliss. Number four, the Burkhead Mountain Wilderness, Uari Mountains, southwest of Asheboro, North Carolina. Hike in in full pack, three miles, day hike options one. The three-mile hike in is a bit longer and a bit more challenging than most back base camp backpack trips, but worth the extra effort. From the Tot Hill access to the Burkheads on the north end of the Yari National Forest, hike out a mile and three-quarters on the Burkhead Mountain Trail to the Camp 5 Trail. Here, you can either take that trail for a mile and a quarter to Camp 5, which has water, or continue straight on the Burkhead Mountain Trail to Camp 3, which has decent views in the winter. Your day hike is about nine and a half miles on a loop consisting of the Burkhead Mountain Trail, Robbins Branch, and Hannah's Creek Trails. The Uaris may not be as grand as the Southern Appalachians, but they're also not a three to five hour drive for folks in the state's three major population centers. It's a good spur of the moment destination for people in Charlotte, the Triangle, and the Triad, and a great option for testing new gear. It's also more accessible and hospitable in the winter than a mountain hike. And number five, Panther Town Valley. Panther Town Valley, near Cashiers, North Carolina. Hike in full pack, one mile. Day hike options, multiple. We hate to be vague about options for hiking Panther Town Valley, but when you see the trail map, you'll understand why. First things first. From the Salt Rock access off State Road 1121, hike the Salt Rock Trail 0.6 miles to Panther Creek Trail. Go left for 0.3 miles, then right on Max Gap. In less than 0.2 miles, you'll begin seeing multiple campsites near Panther Town Creek. You're smack dab in the middle of things, with great hikes out the front of your tent. Some things you'll definitely want to check out. Grannyboro and Schoolhouse Falls, the Great Wall, Big Green and Little Green Mountains, Black Root Mountain, and Panther Town Valley itself. You'll definitely need a map, the best for exploring the area's 30 plus miles of trail, Bert Cornegay's A Guide's Guide to Panther Town, Bonus Defeat, and Big Pisgah. You can find more details on the Base Camp Backpack Hikes mentioned above, as well as more information on Base Camp Backpacking in general, in our show notes. That's our show for this week. I hope you liked it and that you'll be back. In the meantime, a reminder that the Get Hiking Southeast podcast is a part of the Get Hiking and Get Backpacking universe, where instead of just telling you about great places to go, we take you there. Coming up, we have... In September, we head to the Joyce Kilmer Slick Rock and adjoining Sitico Creek Wilderness areas of North Carolina and Tennessee for a four-day base camp trip. 
From the Big Fat Gap Trailhead, we'll hike in a mile and a half, set up camp, then explore the wild terrain of these joint wilderness areas on day hikes. This trip is September 16th through the 19th. We've scheduled four intro to backpacking classes in North Carolina and Virginia for fall. We'll have one-day training sessions at Morrow Mountain State Park, Eno River State Park, Goose Creek State Park, and Merchants Mill Pond State Park, with our North Carolina graduation weekends at South Mountains State Park and our Virginia graduation weekend at a site to be named. Become a backpacker in time for the prime fall backpacking season. You can learn more about these adventures and everything else we do at getgoingnc.com. Click on Explore With Us. If you like what we're doing here at the Get Hiking Southeast podcast, please do leave a review with the podcast vendor from whom you receive this weekly communication. And if you don't like it, or if you have some constructive criticism or perhaps a topic for an upcoming episode, drop us a line at joe at getgoingnc.com. Until we meet again, get out and explore. 